Hi, everyone. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the Dare Daniel podcast, if you like the work we're doing here, you can help us grow the show by making a donation through the Dare Daniel website. Your generous contributions will help offset the cost of producing the show and will also enable long-term projects. You can make a one-time payment or set up a monthly subscription. Any amount helps, and it's really greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot, and here's the show. everyone, you're listening to the Scare Daniel Podcast. My name is Daniel Scairns, a.k.a. Daniel Barnes. I'm the film critic for the Sacramento News Interview. My co-host is comedian and all-around just terrifying human being, Corky McDonald. You say I talk so all the time. Well, nice. So, Lisa Loeb, everybody. Nice. Check it out. You're really in the spirit of the season for those scared Daniel thing. That's great. So on this mini episode, we are going to take a look at the movie we're reviewing next week. Where of course it's scared Daniel season, so we're reviewing five much maligned horror movies. Yes, all throughout the month of October. We're going to talk about next week's episode. We're going to look back at our previous review of Transylvania. We're going to ask our question of the week: favorite movie vampire. And we're going to read a couple of your movie dares. First of all, Corky. Yes, sir. Yo, dog, you, yo. Yo, whippersnapper. <laughs> yo, jug of wine. Yo. Yo, grizzle bucket. Yo. <laughs> yo, whisker sniffer. Yes. Let's talk about the movie we're going to review next week. Mm. It's a cult favorite. A cult favorite. Cults around the world. Screen this film. I think that's what that means. Branch I did not Divi- look it up. This was on the Branch Davidians watch Branch list. Branch Davidians. Every Friday night. Huge fans of All this. the cults watch this. But this, I think it is fair to say, is considered a cult favorite. And I think it inspired, maybe I'm just giving myself too much credit here, but I want to give you some credit too. I think it inspired probably one of the most interesting discussions that we have had in the history of the show. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. And it's kind of a fascinating film, whether you love it, hate it, Feel nothing about it. I don't think anybody feels nothing about it. It would be hard to feel nothing about it because it is utterly singular, utterly strange, and completely weird. The film is called Sleepaway Camp. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to a trailer for the 1980s slasher film, Sleepaway Camp. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at Sleepaway Camp for almost three weeks and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba, Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Sleepaway camp. You won't be coming home. So 
So that is Sleepaway Camp. The film is available to watch for free on Tubi TV. So you can watch that right now. Or uh, on YouTube. Oh, it's available on YouTube yeah, as well? it is available on watch YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. It's also available to rent on all the usual VOD services. That review comes out on Tuesday. Again, I think it's one of the most interesting. I think the this show, it has sort of a dual purpose. Usually, I would say nine times out of ten, it's silly. Yeah. And then that tenth time out of ten... That we, we actually kind of get into it a little bit. I'd say eight times out of ten. Eight times? It's I'll silly. Eight. I'll take eight. The ninth time we get into it. Sure. The tenth time we're way fucking off base. We're way off base. And people come for that. Here's what I think. Seven times out of ten. <laughs> Seven. Okay. Seven uh, times. Seven times. Totally ridiculous. Yes. One time we get right into it. Uh-huh. One time. No, you're right. Way off way base. Way off base. Way off base. One time, basically just rants about the federal government. <laughs> Me talking about how the Federal Reserve should be abolished, and you proposing your own state. Five times. Okay, Five nope, times, nope, that's it's r- just silliness. It's just ridiculous silliness. It's, then we get to the point. We get to the point. We, we get seventh into it. Seventh time, we're way off base. Six times, seventh time is off base. Eighth and ninth time, it's rants against the federal government. That's, Lincoln was only assassinated <laughs> when they issued new money. That's fair. Tenth time is just sharing recipes. Tenth time, we're just like... We're just trading bacon. We're just being regular gals, just hanging out, just doing our thing. <laughs> Having a kibitz <laughs> over some pie recipes. So we're agreed. Yeah. On that last ratio. Yes. You'll play it back. It's fine. It's you'll, We have it. It's on a spreadsheet somewhere. But yeah, I think that's right. Uh, but So that's sleepaway camp. Yes. We, we, the ratio... The ratio is in that episode. It's somewhere in the. It's all over. Rants the place. against the government. It's, it is completely. And being on base. It's completely bonkers. So check that out on Tuesday. Now let's take a look back at the film we reviewed previously. That is not a very interesting film mm. at all. I would say kind of shockingly uninteresting and definitely very very unfunny. Yeah. The film was called Transylvania. Oh yeah. Transylvania. Corky. Yes. With the benefit of hindsight. Having talked to your therapist, Oof. having journaled this out for a while, yeah. having dreams and having visions and nightmares, any additional insight that you could not squeeze into our excruciatingly detailed review of this very unfunny film. All right. So if you listen to our preview episode, mini episode, which you definitely should, we talked about how the pronoun game gets all conflicted in there because so much is happening. If you listen to the episode, which you definitely should. We talk about how every scene is like overly complicated. Yes. And for a dumb as fuck movie, it introduces all these different characters. I legit think (laughs) that the makers of this movie heard the term French farce, (laughs) thought it sounded like farts. (laughs) <laughs> took a bong rip and then giggled for nine hours and didn't do anything about farts. And didn't write the movie. But tried to write a bunch of fart jokes in a bunch of hijinks. Yeah. Again, that that is the amazing thing about this movie. That's the Cloverfield paradox of this movie, <laughs> is the fact that it is psychotically complex. Almost every character has a doppelganger. Yes. And they are constantly getting mixed up with each other. It is so complex and yet this is also single cell comedy oh shockingly stupid lowbrow and incredibly unfunny everybody has a doppelganger everybody's motives are misunderstood by another character and they act upon that and yet the three stooges would have looked at this and been like guys let's 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 smarten this up a bit yeah let's raise the stakes a little bit yeah. Before we go on, we talked a little bit about a character in the movie named Cliff. The, oh, Cliff! The man guy. Oh, I love Cliff. 
I it dawned on me who Cliff is. Who is Cliff? If you're familiar with Mr. Show, the wonderful '90s sketch show with yes, Bob Odenkirk, of course. Bob's character Droopy, the guy who works at the photo lab and then also gets a job at the museum, <laughs> who just his nose is always runny. He's always got like, <laughs> yeah. jutting lip. He's like, "There's chocolate on these. Did you look at these? That's not in our policy, sir." Cliff is Droopy from Mr. <laughs> show. Somebody put a video of them side by side. <laughs> oh, that is that is amazing. Yeah. I never would have thought of that, but that's a great, great comparison. Yes, yeah. Cliff, the fake vampire hunter, and Droopy from Mr. Show. Side by side. Doppelgangers. Side by Talk side. about doppelgangers. Yeah, Cliff didn't have a doppelganger, but now it appears that he does. Yeah. So now let's move on to our question of the week. Corky. Yes, sir. Fair to say. Mm. The vampires... In the film Transylvania, and if right. this isn't fair, you just come rushing in, you slap the mic right out of my face. Okay. The vampires in Transylvania were not your favorite movie vampires of all time. Is that fair to say? My I'm slap gonna, hand was ready, Danny. I'm flinching. Yeah, I'm flinching. you're already flinching. Uh, uh, it was almost double-fisted slap game. Wow. Uh, fair to say. Fair. Not 100% my favorite movie fair. vampires of all time. Really low on the list, probably. Yeah. But... There are some movie vampires that you have seen and enjoyed. Mm. We can't. I'm going to have to exclude Lauren Hutton from Once Bitten. From Fuck. You've already used that. You can't use her again. That was my pick. You can't just pick the same fucking thing. Okay. So this might be a little arcane. Might be a little. I'm going to have to sell this one. Oh, my God. More than your Once Bitten. Well, you took that away from me. That was legit my pick. And it's not Dracula Dead and Loving It, in case you're wondering. Oh, my God. I'm going to go Willem Dafoe in Shadow of a Vampire. You're going Willem Dafoe in Shadow of the Vampire. As Max Shrek. Not Max Shrek in Nosferatu. Nope. I'm going Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek as a vampire in Nosferatu. Fascinating. Because I thought it was so great. You're playing a historical, a real figure. Okay. But you're playing him as a fucking vampire. Right. It blends that line. And he just, for William Defoe, who's a weird guy, sure. he kind of disappeared into that role for me. All right. And I liked it. That's it? That's your favorite movie, Vampire? Um, Again, no way I didn't think of anything past Once Bitten. <laughs> and now that you took that from me. Well, I'm going to double shame you here. Okay. As you know, I, I, you're constantly snaking my picks. Yes. Constantly. Did you Deviously. Pick, did insidiously. you pick Lauren Hutton? Is no, that what you do? Fuck, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I always prepare dozens of backups. Listen dozens, to the, dozens and dozens. Listen to back episodes. Daniel will go, I'm only going one. I, he, he, he will literally say, I've picked like five here, but I'm only going one. My third pick is. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have one of like roughly a dozen or so picks. Okay. But I'm going to really shame you. I'm going to pull out the most shaming one here. And I should, I'm going to obvious. say. This is obvious. I should know this. Max Shrek ah. as Count Orlock in Nosferatu, the right. 1922 F.W. Murnau film that Willem Dafoe rather kind of poorly. I love Willem Dafoe, but that's not a very good movie, and it's not a great performance. However, Nosferatu is an amazing movie and an amazing performance. What I love about Max Schreck's Count Orlock, which is actually an unauthorized version of the Bram Stoker yeah. Dracula, when you compare it to other Draculas, especially kind of starting with the the Bela Lugosi Dracula right. in 1931. That vampire was very human. 
That vampire wanted to fuck. Yeah. Okay. It was a sexy vampire. Right. And that has persisted really throughout all of the vampire movies that have come since then. I don't know if you, do you ever watch True Blood? No. That was all about vampires. And the vampires were like sex, like super sex monsters. Okay. Like they just fucked like crazy. Like they were the best fuckers like of all time. I'm into this. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that's kind of where it has crescendoed to is that vampires are just sexy, sexy. And what I love about Max Shrek in Nosferatu, he's incredibly animalistic. This Mm. vampire does not fuck. This vampire wants to devour you eat you, drain you of your blood, and then dispose of your carcass. Yeah. Maybe haunt your dreams, but he doesn't want to fuck you. Sure. No, that's not hit on the plate. That's not on the plate. You're on the plate, baby. But I I don't know if you know this, Willem Dafoe played him. (laughs) Oh, is that right? As a vampire. Fascinating. In Shadow of a Vampire. (laughs) No. And uh, Okay, let me not just Willem Dafoe. He's fine. I'm not a big fan of Shadow of the Vampire. Okay. I, I think Willem Dafoe is, is really great in that movie. Though. Any runners-up that you wanted to mention not having obviously Well, Christopher anything. Lee, it was amazing. Sure, all your classic yeah. Draculas, your Bela Lugosi, Christopher Lee, your Gary Oldman even. Yeah. Gary Oldman was fantastic in that no movie. With that. Again, I-, I liked seeing Dracula as the old man in that movie. It was kind of like Max Shrek. It was kind of like the first time I saw Dracula as anything different than the slick back hair. Yeah. And uh, smooth talking, want to fuck vampire. Absolutely. But what happened right after he got some virgin blood? Exactly. Smooth talking, want to fuck vampire, baby. His long hair came down. He's he a Euro had the John Lennon shape. All of a sudden, totally. <laughs> so a few runners up that I had, probably the one that I was closest to picking was Lena Lee Anderson, who is the little girl from Let the Right One In. Okay. Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, and also John Hurt in Only Lovers Left Alive, the John Jarmusch film, Nicolas Cage in Vampire's Kiss. And speaking of sexy vampires, why not Catherine Deneuve from The Hunger and Selma Hayek from Dust Till Dawn? <laughs> Look, they may be dead, but I ain't. Oh, my God. Selma Hayek, Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> so that's what we have for our answers. Who is your favorite movie vampire? Hit us up on the social media. Hit us up on daredaniel.com. Let us know what your favorite vampire is as well. We'll put that question out there. So right now we're going to lead into a little social media question that I put out there on a Mike, Mike, and Oscar post, an at MMN Oscar post. Question of the week, if anybody feels like playing, who is your best horror movie villain? A question Daniel and I answered on a previous mini-sode. MMN Oscar, their reply was same as mine. Michael Myers. Only one man's been doing it for 40 years and never gone full cheese or parody. This isn't a contest. And he, he put a gif of Michael Myers. It is a contest. Does he not think it's a contest? I don't know. Sir? They, they know what contests are. Listen, <laughs> they don't know what a contest is. No, it's a contest, buddy. All right? Take it seriously. The at IMDB Journey podcast, at IMDB Journey, they said, we just spoke about it on our upcoming episode where I think The Terminator can easily be classified as a horror film. Interesting. Arnold's performance is fantastic. If you don't know the IMDb Journey podcast, they are amazing. They're mm. going through the IMDb list of 250 classic movies. Yep. Fry Gay the 13th Horror Podcast at Fry Gay 13 just put a gif of the guy from Poltergeist 2, that old man. Oh right. Remember that fucking guy? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Around your neck of the woods, the Pipe and Hot Tea podcast, that's at PHT podcast, said Leatherface will forever scare the shit out of me. There we go. Now you're taking it seriously. A gif of him swinging a chainsaw at the back of a truck. That final shot is maybe one of the great final shots in the history of cinema. So Movie Geek and Proud podcast, MGN pod, P podcast, just said R, and then there's a gif of somebody on a cross. in the like Maybe this is Children of the Corn or some kind of cornfield type thing. Our crucifix? I don't know. 
Yeah, our Crus- Although Passion of the Christ seems to be a horror movie. That does seem me. horrifying. That's one that I haven't watched. So. And then R.L. Terry one Ryan L. Terry, who's been fantastic pumping us and responding. Thank and, you, Ryan. Yeah. He says Freddy, and it's got a, a gif of Freddy putting on his sunglasses. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, great pick from the first film. So, as you heard, we did our draft. We did our horror movie villain draft team, and we'll show you the brackets, breakdowns. And then thank you so much for replying. Look for more questions of the week. And Potter and family, let's all bump each other up. Let's do it. Now we're going to take a listen to a promo from our friends, the Films on Trial podcast. Oh, Films on Trial. We love those guys. Yes, at Film Trials. They are legit, like, of all the movie podcasts Mm -hmm. out there. I would put them up there with Flophouse Podcast. They, they are fantastic. take a movie. Yeah. They put it on trial. Uh-huh. You got your prosecution. You got your defense. And what's fascinating, I think, about this show is that due to a quirk in the British legal system, right. their judgments become law. That's true. There are five Liverpool lads who have now adjudicated films across the United Kingdom. If they Kingdom. rule against the film... The film is burned. You cannot show the Meg anymore in the United Kingdom. And that's just a fun, just kind of a fun quirk of the legal system. It's fun. But take a listen to this promo and then take a listen to their show and like and review them. Hi, everyone. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. And I'm Austin. And we are Films on Trial. Basically, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. The films are suggested to us by our listeners and are then picked out of the hat at random, as are our roles. The first role is that of the defense who is trying to get the film placed on the hit list. And then there's the prosecutor who is trying to condemn the film. And most importantly, we have the judge who decides which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put to them and not using their own opinion. There's also plenty of other things to keep you entertained, including some terrible songs, some poor xylophone playing, some questionable impressions, a caption contest, a quiz, and a whole host of banter. So, if you like the sounds of that, then why not check us out on your local podcast platform or on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, where we will be in your ears. In the meantime, back to you, Daniel and Corky. So now let's read a couple of your movie dares. You've been leaving these dares for us at daredaniel.com. You've also been hitting us up on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, all the social, Pod. Our first dare, again, Corky, you'll recall from uh, the last couple of mini-episodes, Again, don't want to call it a wormhole. Uh-huh. Don't want to put labels on it. I'm not about putting labels on things. All right? Literally saying the W word several not times. Gonna, not going to label it a wormhole. Not wormholing it in any kind of wormhole sort of way. <laughs> but something has happened. A passageway has been opened. We're still getting characters We're from movies. We're still getting characters from movies. <laughs> Although this one, actually, they, I'm not sure if this is a character. They actually describe themselves as the patron saint of boondocks. Oh, and the movie they have dared us to watch is the boondock saints yes it's the film from 1999 written and directed by troy duffy starring sean patrick flannery norman reedus willem dafoe billy Connolly. that was norman reedus that's right willem dafoe again what's happening here i don't know a weird kind of show almost kind of whole worm what (laughs) are you familiar with boondock saints have you watched the film have you watched it unfortunately i am here here's why i have a problem with boondock saints talk to me for several years, it was the movie I used t- 
to judge other people's movie taste by. Sure. If they recommended that movie, I knew to not trust them on anything. Right. Specifically movies. Yes. If you were alive in the 90s, you know once Pulp Fiction dropped, there were a billion mm-hmm. ripoffs for yes. years. Two Days in the Valley, Killing Zoe. Destiny all this kind turns of sh- on the radio. Destiny turns on the radio. Even <laughs> Tarantino was even Truth in that and one. Consequences, New Mexico. And Boondock Saints. Yes. But Boondock the Saints form. managed to be the fucking the most emptiest, vapid, insipid movie. Yes. And I got to judge people for a decade <laughs> on that movie. So, yeah, no. You're not feeling that one? I'm no. feeling that one. No. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it too. It's absolutely atrocious. I will say the five or ten minutes that I watched of Boondock Saints 2, yeah. which is a sequel that came out ten years later, same director, Flannery Reedus, basically everybody except for Willem Dafoe was Oop. replaced by a hot blonde chick. <laughs> Trans, transgressive. Yeah. yeah. That was far worse than Boondock Saints, but Boondock Saints is bad enough. Uh, watch Overnight. Watch the fucking the documentary of the guy. I was just going to say, the documentary yes. is fascinating about Troy Duffy and about how he kind of just is a talentless piece of shit who what became famous for me, no reason. What fucking stuns me is that shit was going sideways with him before he even started like third of the way filming that right, movie. Right, And they finished the they movie. They still made the movie somehow. I almost was like, okay, I give him credit for that. Absolutely. I mean, because his life was going down the tubes. Well earned. So why did the patron saint of Boondocks dare us to watch the Boondock Saints? This is a movie that people either love or hate. The people that love the movie are obviously people lacking in both taste <laughs> and the ability to breathe through anything other than their mouths. IMDb synopsis, two Irish Catholic brothers become vigilantes and wipe out Boston's criminal underworld in the name of God. Yes. Vile, horrible, terrible, poorly made, and just a really disturbingly nihilistic, kind of sociopathic message at the heart of the film as well. Did you hate it more after you watched Overnight and you saw Troy Duffy's point of view and the kind of guy he was? I can't remember what order I watched. Uh, I watched cause I Because it came heavily recommended. Okay. So I watched it and I was like, what? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I watched it over and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you did recently did an apology to people who liked Clifford because of how we railed against Clifford and how there's nothing to like. If you found out someone you liked and respected and admired liked Boondock Saints... Not Do a you, chance. Right? And first of all, I did not apologize. I want to make uh, that very clear. I did not apologize. All I did was say, this deserves to at least be acknowledged. I don't want to dismiss it. That's not an apology. Not right? everybody's a bacon toast scrambler guy. <laughs> You're not back in the fold just yet, everyone. You got a lot. If anyone needs an apology, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> so our next dare comes to us from my brother, mm. Matt Barnes. MTB. Matthew is already, he's in the holiday spirit. He wants us to watch A Christmas Story 2. What? A Christmas Story 2, 2012, straight to DVD, direct sequel to the 1983 holiday staple, A Christmas Story, with characters based on the beloved Gene Shepard originals. The film stars Daniel Stern Mm. and Nancy Travis as the parents. Braden LeMaster plays Ralphie Parker. Why did Matthew dare us to watch this movie? He says, Derry Daniel Corkmas. I am recommending the Malign 2012 sequel of the beloved original where Daniel Stern takes over the role of the old man. I have not seen the sequel, but I saw the trailer and it looks like a Dare Daniel feast. IMDb synopsis five years later, Ralphie has his eyes fixed on a car 
but trouble is sure to follow. Oh, boy. <laughs> Have you seen this film? Do you even know this movie existed? No, no I, I never no even heard of it. Either. I like Daniel Stern. I like Nancy Travis. Apparently, there was a, a movie in the 90s that came out called A Summer Story. I will say, I've seen that with Kieran Culkin as the Ralph character. Yes. Yeah. This movie apparently pretends that movie didn't happen and is a straight sequel to... Well, Gene Shepard wrote a lot of stories of his childhood. Right. So they've only filmed a couple of them. I don't know if this is one of those stories. <laughs> I have a uh, feeling that it has nothing to do with Gene Shepard whatsoever, except for trading in on your nostalgia for the original film. I think Christmas Story was just lightning in a bottle, and they're trying to recapture it somehow. It, obviously, it's going straight to video. Yeah, so and there was a, a musical version that played on TV last year, I think, late okay. last year during the holidays. So yeah, they're always trying to revive it. Was that a movie? Did you watch that movie a lot in your house? What? Christmas the, Story? The Christmas Story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching it at Slumber Parties. Yeah. I it, it, remember before... It's fairly it, ubiquitous, even back then. It, but it is a movie, I will say, that, yeah, at a certain point, it, we would watch it probably once every year. Sure. And then at a certain point, I was like, I just never need to ever watch this again. It's one of those movies I can say every line of dialogue. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. I'm done with it. So... <laughs> Beloved. <laughs> should we do the sequel? The sequel might be something to do... It might be, right? ...for the holidays. Because we, we had never heard of this. We need something for the holidays. We once had an affinity for the original. Mm-hmm. Matthew, you son of a gun. You might have warmed our cold, frozen you winter hearts. warmed our cockles. <laughs> that's your brother, dude. So I know, right? Weird. <laughs> so that's all we got for you on this mini-episode of the Dare Daniel Podcast. Come back on Tuesday for a very trenchant and thoughtful and perspicacious discussion Ooh, perspicacious. of the film Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, because it's scare Daniel. It's still scare Daniel, man. In all core. October. All throughout the month of October. So and come back Floor on Tuesday. <laughs> and Johnny Floraween. So <laughs> come back uh, Tuesday, check out that. And in the meantime, boo! We love you.